right, we're back. It's a surprise podcast. Hey, good to be back. It's good to be back. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year to you, Bear Tycoon. Uh, did you have a good Christmas and New Year's? Oh, the best time. Absolutely. But I'm having an even, even better time being back on the pod, talking about our beloved Bobcats and Grizzlies, and a lot of big developments over the past like four to five Quite weeks. A few. Yeah, there's yeah. been quite a few developments. Nobody took any time off for the offseason. Uh, we kind of got hit hard with just one story after another. So I think it's important to get out here the fr- at the front of this that when we talk about big developments, we are not talking about recruits, people Boring. that are signing. I just I cannot get into the recruiting game. I've never had the uh, bandwidth to get really, really excited about um, what's going on on the recruit side? As 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 you know, and like uh, many Montanans can relate, I'm a big Seton Hall basketball fan. And very big. One year, I got bought in to this recruit that we had. His name was uh, Akil Carr out of Baltimore. He was five foot six. He could dunk from anywhere. There was all these like hype videos about him, and he committed to Seton Hall like as a junior. And I was so excited. And I spent all this time thinking about him, all this time watching these YouTube videos of him. And then last minute, he decommitted from Seton Hall. And it was just such, such a waste such of time. Such a letdown. Such a letdown. So since then, I just can't, I just can't get into it. Yeah. And so my story probably with recruiting doesn't have as much to do with Seton Hall basketball or McDonald's All-Americans or anything like that. It's just that sometimes I get too excited, you know, looking at a guy's tape. And then I realized I know literally nothing about uh, what makes a good <laughs> college football player from a high school player. And yes, no idea. So yeah, and so they're like, oh, that guy looks really good. And then everybody on Bobcat Nation, everywhere else is like, well, he's actually pretty slow for that position, uh, but you can't teach height. And then you know how that goes. Yeah, I just get so hyped with their with their highlight video. I know if yeah, that's true. But if every play was like the highlight video, then they probably wouldn't be coming to Montana State or U of M. That's a great point. But that so, is great yes, you're so, you correct. So anyway, not so nothing about, guys. This is not a recruiting podcast. Nothing about recruits. So we just nope, got some nothing. big non-recruiting developments that have happened over the past month or so. The first one, we're, we're recording this on Tuesday. Um, not sure when it'll post, but earlier today, words started leaking out of Bozeman, probably leaked by, by Triple B Jeff Choate, that Ty Gregorak, Gregorak, how do we do? We know how to say his we name. We don't know, and that's another thing. We one, we're not a, a recruiting podcast, and two, we literally have no idea how to say anybody's name if it's not like Smith, yeah, or Johnston. Yep. No, that's, even then, we might call the person Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. San Diego State. San Diego State. Yeah. So I mean, we have Ty, really no idea what we're talking about. Most Ty. Of we'll go. I'm going to go with Gregorak. Um, I've read his name a thousand times over the past ten years, but. Um, don't remember how to say it, but he is apparently out in Montana State. That's and the word on the street. Word on the street. We have we've got this um, from people with pretty good authority uh, that this that he's gone. Um, and there's a bunch of rumors, um, both on Bobcat Nation, Egris, who, by the way, not our sources on this. We have an actual legitimate source, which we're very excited about. Um, <laughs> We didn't just uh, take what was on message boards and be like, oh, <laughs> this is happening. Um, no one knows what the hell's going on. They don't know 
kind of the the specifics of why he's leaving, if he's leaving, if he was forced out. Uh, there's a rumor that he might be going to Kansas State following the the uh, coaching staff from North Dakota State. Um, there's a rumor that uh, he and Jeff Choate, unsurprisingly, uh, Ty and, and a head coach maybe did not get along, did not see eye to eye on how the the, the team was being handled. Um, and it, it came, you know, one, one rumor we've heard from, from our sources that things got pretty heated between the two of them, um, between the, the big win over incarnate word and the, before the loss to North Dakota state. Um, and so we don't know what the hell's happened. We've heard that, that choke forced him out. We heard that he's leaving to go to Kansas state. We've heard that he is leaving to, uh, go, to other positions. Um, it is, first off, my initial reaction to this is it's just a huge loss for Montana sport fans. Love him or hate him. Uh, he is quite the character. He kept everybody on your toes. I think that, you know, sports are something that we should take kind of seriously, but not, not that seriously. And he is the perfect character um, when you watch sports with that perspective. He's just like this huge hothead, um, speaks his mind, throws his name out there. Like he's got a huge ego. If he's leaving, if he's actually gone, it's, it's very, very sad. Yeah. It's uh it's interesting timing. I think when he came over from U of M, I didn't think we would have him very long. I thought he was a, a F, uh, FBS guy where he would come to Montana state for a little bit under Choate. Uh, maybe they would both go up together had the first three years gone the way that Choate would have wanted them to go, obviously, uh, or if he was going to uh, take that leap. So I guess it doesn't surprise me that he's leaving. It's just the rumors and the circumstances that are surrounding it. It kind of sounds like they were at odds uh, with each other. And uh, it sounds like it was at that North Dakota State game, which is kind of funny to me because I think everybody knew that they were going to get their asses kicked by uh, the Bison, just like everybody else did this year. Yeah. Except for like two teams, South Dakota State and Eastern Washington, basically the only two teams that kept it respectful, respectable. Uh, so it's kind of interesting that that game would be the one that some people are pointing to that blew it up because it's like, why? Yeah. It was kind of like we went there, you know, we, we gave him a punch in that first drive where we almost scored a touchdown, and then after that it was over. It's like, what did you really think was going to happen? Well, one, one uh, some speculation that I did read online was um, what if – Ty really wanted and was backing uh, Anderson to stay at quarterback next year and Jeff Choate moving on from him. And that just ruffled the defensive coach's mind's feathers because he sacrificed this guy for a year. He performed admirably. Um, and now he's being kind of kicked, kicked back down to the defense. What do, what do you think about that? I, I have no idea kind of – I just don't know what's going on at all. Um, I was – when you were asking me that question, I had just looked at something and there's an assistant coach uh, job that was just posted on the Montana State Jobs site. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm dead serious. Oh, no, I know. Um, and I was looking at that and I was like, I didn't know that they just put these out on public job sites. And I was starting to look at it and I started laughing because – it's just like every job you or I have ever applied for where there's the general statement, the duties, responsibilities, and then um, like the position requirements where you had to have collegiate coaching experience at a division one level. Like all these things, like why is this on the public? I mean, I get why there's probably regulations on it, but 
it was just kind of I was reading that and kind of started daydreaming like this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, and there's there is a dispute over if if that posting is actually for his job Correct, or yes. if it's for the defensive backs coach's job. But first off, the posting doesn't mention anything about defensive backs. It's just very defensive minded, and I don't know how the structure of um, I guess the coaching structures go, but this person is reporting directly to the head coach. Do position coaches typically report directly to the head coach or to their coordinators? I would think that they would report to the coordinators who would then take it up to the head coach. See, that's what uh, I thought, but I again, I have no idea. Um, we still, yeah, you're asking two guys that really have no idea how uh, football programs are built. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't um, People forget about about Ty, who, again, we love. Um, and just adding to his character, um, people forget that when he was coaching at UNLV, uh, he got himself into a little bit of trouble in, in Boulder. Um, he, if you remember this, Nate, which I'm sure you do, because you got a, a great brain <laughs> in that head of yours, but true, uh, yes. uh, Ty, <laughs> he went into a strip club, a Nitro strip club, uh, was turned away, got into, because he was too intoxicated, got into a bit of an altercation and took the bouncer's gun and wallet. Whoa. Um, so he took the bouncer's gun and wallet? Yes. He was that intoxicated. He was intoxicated. He was too intoxicated to get into the strip club, but was coherent enough to take a person whose sole job it is to guard the strip club and took his gun and wallet. I believe that is how the story this story went down. Yes, he. I'm reading. At that the, point, don't you just let him in? Yeah, I mean, he's clearly not not drunk he's enough. Clearly and not, also, like, yeah. look, uh, we've all we've all had our our issues with drinking. This is this is pretty bad, but uh, it's not like he used the gun to shoot somebody. He just got the <laughs> gun. He got the gun out. Um, he won a fair and square in the Wild West. That would have been O.W. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was in Colorado. He was squarely in the, in the West. This was his gun now. This was his wallet. It was probably, actually, it was probably his job. He's, he probably became the bouncer. That's true. He just, it, I think that's how it happens is you have to pass on that position to him now. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah. That's yeah. a good point. So, we've, got, um, we've digressed a little bit from the, yeah, the point so, of that story, but... Ultimately, it's a good story regardless. Ultimately, you know, he, it's a, it's a loss for the state. Um, I, I have to imagine. I don't want to speak for you, but I have to imagine that you you will view this as a loss for the Bobcats, who have seen some improvements on defense since his arrival. Oh, definitely. Yeah, when that last year with Ash was unbelievable, uh, unbelievably demoralizing. Uh, you know, and he brought that attitude that. Chope brought two. I thought they played well off of each other. They're both those football guys that you and I talk about. Um, just those stereotypical get you pumped up guys from what we could tell. So I think they played off well from each other, but maybe that that uh, that similarity bred some hostility. But yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not gonna I don't want to lose him. I, I thought he was great for the team. I thought he went three and0 with Chote against the Grizz. Um, but onward and upward, and then there's that there's those rumors out there that it's going to be Kane's job uh, to come back from U uh, Dub Washington and take yeah. it over and be the full time sole defensive coordinator, not have to do the co defensive coordinator thing he did uh, with uh, whoever that was 
uh, a couple of years ago. Which would be, is that best case scenario for you? Do you want him back? Uh, I love Kane. Um, I thought he was a Bobcat through and through. He was a guy that gets the program, gets the rivalry. He's from Billings. Um, I've always loved Kane. I always like to see him with the program. I always thought that this going away to Washington was kind of a plan. It was where Choke came from. And it almost seemed like go here, learn some FBS stuff, hone your skills, and then yeah. we'll have a position for you when you're ready or when we're ready, we're going to call you. And it seems like the most plausible thing right now for him to come Phone's back. Phone's ringing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Unless, he's, unless he's done a terrible job in Washington, which we have no reason to believe he has. Yeah. And, and like I said, he was a co-defensive corner of Montana State. Does that year up at a FBS school, seeing how they do things you know, learning for a full year or two years and coming back down years, if, yeah. if, uh, if that helps. So I, I think it's the most logical choice and it's someone you're not going to have to try and recruit to Bozeman. He knows it. Um, he has family and friends in Montana, obviously. So yeah, uh, I think it's plausible. You have to think that it, you know, any hole left from uh, Gregorak leaving in terms of Montana recruiting he can fill that hole pretty yeah, easily. I would agree with that, yeah. And I, I know, I mean, we talked to, uh, when I talked to Alex Singleton about kind of his recruiting to Your Montana boy. State, yeah, he basically said that, you know, it was Kane that recruited him. It was the only offer he got, and he just loved Kane. That was his coach. That was his dude. And I think Kane just has that personality uh, that I don't think you're going to have a huge drop-off in recruiting if you lose Ty and gain Kane. Yeah, it's pretty easy, though, to lock down a recruit when you're giving them their only offer, though. True. Yeah, I mean, yes, that makes sense now that you say that after I say that. But it was just kind of that the, that idea that he just talks so highly of him. Almost everybody he talked to talks highly of Kane. But yes, your point does make sense. All right. Well, <laughs> we will we'll be keeping an eye on this. Um, it is this they, type you know, this type of... Thing is, go ahead. If he yeah. goes to North Dakota State, and I believe that... NDSU has taken their full coaching staff to K State. Am I right? I don't. They've taken a lot, but they have not taken the full coaching staff. Okay. Well, so they so Courtney Messing Messingham was the OC at Montana State, left to be the OC at uh, NDSU. So if he gets taken over there as the OC uh, up to K State, and Gregoric goes there, K State will have the last, basically one of the last two offensive coordinators from Montana State and the last defensive coordinator from Montana State calling the plays up there. It does not bode well for Kansas State. Um, but it is, uh, we'll be keeping an eye on it. This is the perfect, like, not, like the football season ended, the last yeah. game was this weekend, and then all of a sudden it's like, here's this juicy, you need it. Yeah. dramatic. No off, there's no off season, man. And it's, I'm glad we don't have all the information. It's better to, to let my <laughs> mind just wander yeah, and speculate about what the, I, I have so many theories that yeah. are just too crazy to put out there in the public. Yeah, so. and if they would have just had a press conference and Chet would have thanked uh, Gregor Ack for all of his three years of service, what he did for the program, like that's a yawner. So yeah, this yeah. this is the drama that we need in the off season. This is the drama that keeps message boards, uh, you know, gaining pages and pages, and it's what keeps our Slack going in the off season. Well, and we tried to our credit, um, the good journalists that we are, we did try to <laughs> confirm uh, this story with Jeff Choate, but he, of course, has us blocked on Twitter. So, no comment from Jeff Choate. Someday he's going to figure out that you're tweeting him from that account, and he is going to find you and kill you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. Um, all right, 
I think that's all we need to do on Gregorak. Um, it was. I have some big news. Oh, let's hear it. I like big all right. news. Yeah. Well, uh, as you know, we were are. Well, I just kind of blew the news. We are um, the number one stamps Calgary Stampeders podcast uh, in the United States. Yep. Super proud of that. I hereby have to announce that we are resigning our post. Ooh, it was a good run. One. It was. It's a voluntary resi- resignation. We Maybe. are not forced out. We did not get a uh, another podcast did not take us over for the number one spot. That's true. Went out on top. We went out on top. We went out as Grey Cup champions, uh, which is something that not a lot of podcasts get to do is go out on top like that. Yeah. No, congrats um, to us. Congrats to you and congrats to me. We did it. And mm-hmm. we did it the right way. And we needed that win to be able to make this move. But uh, us, along with our number one listener and friend of the show, Alex Singleton. Huge news. Yep. We are moving our allegiances to the East Coast and we are officially a Philadelphia Eagles podcast. He has signed a futures contract there uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles and we are now a full-fledged Eagles podcast. So it's huge. It's huge. It's huge for him, obviously, moving from the CFL up to the NFL and, and equally as big or bigger for us from going from a CFL podcast to an NFL podcast, the number yes. one Philadelphia Eagles podcast in Montana. And the surrounding states. And the surrounding states, probably, yes. Probably. I would yes. assume as much. So yeah, it was big news for us, but uh, just to touch on kind of, uh, I mean, a little less important is he did sign a contract with the Eagles. Nice. Uh, so he's signing a futures contract. I had to look up what that meant. Um, I thought maybe they were like buying low, selling high kind of thing. <laughs> I think that's how futures work. Sounds right. Yep. Yeah. So uh, actually the futures contract, you can sign any, a team can sign anybody that was not on a roster at the end of the season or is an unrestricted free agent who was not on a roster at the end of the season uh, to a futures contract, which means they are signing them for basically camp next season. They'll be fighting for a roster spot. So they're basically staking their claim now for anybody that wasn't on a roster at the end of that team's season. So Singleton is claimed by the Eagles. He will go to camp as an Eagles player, sign the contract, um, and will be fighting for a spot uh, for Philly. But uh, no other team can take a take a rip at him. He's he's an Eagle right now. So he, and, but uh, he's not. He cannot play in any of the playoffs. No. So he will not be playing. Like obviously, he won't be playing this weekend. And as far as they go, no. This is totally a futures contract for basically they signed him uh, for the 2019-2020 season. Okay. Uh, but really cool news for him. A great guy. He's been nice enough to come on here twice uh, and talk to us idiots. Um, and so it's really cool for him that he got that opportunity. He did officially get released by the Stamps yesterday so that he could sign this contract. Yeah, that's when we got released too. That's Yeah, that's when we, it was a tough day. Uh, but we knew it was coming, and mm-hmm. it was all that hard work we put in that got us this opportunity to go to that next level. Um, so... So will he is he officially an eagle right now, or will he become an eagle once their off season starts? So when they lose in the playoffs, I think I think if you're taking it the most literal out possible, he will be an eagle in March when everything's done with, and I think that signing period starts. Okay, but if we're looking at it in reality, he is an eagle. Um, his sister already has the Eagles shirt and flag on. I saw that on his Twitter. Perfect. She's the number one Eagles fan now. So it's pretty cool uh, for him and his family. And, and uh, we'll be all with him all the way. Every step of the way. Okay. So I have two announcements then. Oh, number yeah. one, 
I'm officially rooting against the Eagles in their game against the Rams this weekend. Um, I want to get to the offseason as fast as possible. So Alex will be more of an Eagle, and then I will root for the Eagles every game going forward. Um, And then number two, number two, uh, you know, so we're moving to the NFL, but look, we're a big organization. We got we got lots of riders, lots of bandwidth. Dave Dickinson, if you want to join the pod, want to give us a little a little taste, a little interview. Um, we're very happy to also yeah. be a CFL pod again. We we've, we've demonstrated yeah. we've demonstrated that we can succeed in that role. We have a track record of being a great CFL podcast, number one stamps podcast in the lower forty eight. Um, Dave Dickinson, we just need a reason to. To get to get back in the game, so give us a shout. Yeah, we burn no bridges, and that's a lesson I think we learned young. Don't burn a bridge. Uh, we are by no ways renouncing the Calgary Stamps. We are just moving on. Yes. And if the opportunity uh, arose or arises, we will go back to being a Stamps pot or wherever. Um, you know, we did enjoy the CFL this year, right? Totally. We had a blast covering it. So maybe we can, maybe we'll have a little bit of a segment. We'll talk CFL for a second. It's not going to be the same. But well, we did but have I, fun with it. We're just like general CFL, though. Like we're a free agent in CFL. That's true. There's a lot of big sky guys bouncing around. So uh, again, give us a call. Hit us up. Hit us up. We're, we're looking. You don't even we're have looking. to buy us. You like literally just tell us, hey, like, yeah, cool. You can be a fan of mine and we will be your biggest fan. Yes. So awesome. We, I feel like there is a lot of Montanans in the NFL for, uh, I think over the past like six, seven years, but the number has been uh, slowly declining as player, you know, Dwan Edwards uh, retired. Uh, uh, names are escaping me. Um, Colt Anderson. Colt Anderson, Chase Reynolds. These guys um, starting to drop out of the league. I, and so we need, we need to replenish that Montana blood. Uh, connections to Montana, Montana State, back in the league. And look, Alex, number one player in the CFL, he's going to dominate in the NFL prediction. Yeah, we're pretty excited. We're very excited. Very excited. And, um, maybe, and he, I know when he said when he lands some spot, he can't wait to talk to us about camp and everything he's doing. So um, he's definitely not getting too big for his britches. I think we can lock him down for a few interviews, uh, just being a friend of the pod. Totally. And it's big for you because you love him so much. It is platonically, yes. Yes. Well, I like the I love the way he plays the game. Okay, and you seem to like him a lot. But very nice guy. Yeah, we're very very excited. Um, for me and him, or mostly for you. Um, Thank you. I appreciate and then, that. And then for us, and it's also exciting for him. Um, it is. It's cool for him too. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing we are uh, less excited about um, before we take a quick break. I think we need to talk about this uh, disturbing story between Voice of the Bobcats, Jay Sanderson. Ex-Voice ex of the Bobcats. Ex-Voice of the Bobcats. Um, and, and Amy Just, running of the pod, Amy Just. This was, I'm sure people have seen the story. Uh, Jay Sanderson, probably like around Thanksgiving, early December, announced that he was leaving uh, the Bobcats for family issues. He had like moved his family to Kansas and... Um, and you know, it was just kind of like a blip in my radar. I don't really give a shit who is announcing for the Bobcast. It's like, okay, well noted. And then of course there's more to the story. Um, he was under investigation, um, by the university and feel free to correct my facts. Um, 
I, I took some some notes before the, the, the podcast, but uh, a formal complaint was filed against him by by uh, Amy Just, who voluntarily made her name uh, public in this investigation. So more credit to her for, uh, you know, making sure that people knew this is what was happening to her. Um, and it was just really kind of a, a horrific but not surprising uh, sexual harassment claim where he, uh, you know, there's a lot of accusations made, but there was a, this list of text messages that he was sending yeah. to, to Amy, um, very sexual in nature, very inappropriate for someone who is much older. Ta- I mean, Amy's fairly young. Um, and he's sending them, you know, while he's clearly drunk, I think in one he stated he was drunk. Um, uh, you know, it's just, it's just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, just stop sexually harassing people. <laughs> yes, uh, I agree. Um, the laugh was just for the bluntness of it and how obvious it is. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was interesting because the, I, I can't remember what day it was he posted to, Jay Sanderson posted to Twitter that he was resigning as the voice of the Bobcats to go back home. Uh, to tend to uh, sick family members. It could not be done from Bozeman. Uh, and I'll say this right now. I have no idea about the family condition, so I'm not saying that... No, totally. Was, yeah, so we, I have no idea about that, so I'm not talking about that. But I was genu- I was genuinely like, oh, it's a bummer. I liked him. He kind of had that touchdown Montana State came his catchphrase um, when Pluto shit the bed and you had to listen to it um, on the radio. Uh, stream it on the radio. He was a very good announcer. He did a great job. I enjoyed listening to him, so I was a little bit disappointed he was leaving. And then the bombshell dropped. Uh, I think the Gazette first reported it. Um, and it was... I. You look through... Yeah, you read the article, and there's... The texts were unbelievable. Um, disturbing. When she texts back, I fucking hate you, and you keep going, right. it's just creepy. It's just like... Ah oh, man, um, so it doesn't look good for him at all, uh, considering he at first said that there were no texts, and then he was presented with the texts right. and was like, "Shit, now I got to call Verizon to make sure I actually sent those." Like, and not dude, and not one text, but like, like ten dozens, yeah, and um, uh, dozens might be an exaggeration. I'm just looking at the list now, but there's there's a ton of a ton of these texts, and like, look if. If if you're if you're like in your I think Sanderson's in his mid thirties, and if it's three thirty in the morning and you're drunk and this thought comes across your head and you're married and this thought comes across your head like hmm, I should text like this a one colleague. person, a colleague of mine who is fifteen years younger than me or whatever the age difference is, or just a colleague. Period. Uh, just don't do it. There's no good reason to send a drunk text at three thirty in the morning. Just Ever. <laughs> don't do it. Like, there's never been anything accomplished yeah. uh, in a colleague-to-colleague text at 3. So I, and I think this is going to get bigger um, in the sense of national news. Um, I agree. Obviously, obviously, the Me Too movement and everything has really put the spotlight on these types of things. But um, just the fact that she basically said that she was going to get out of the journalism profession altogether. She came across this job at LSU, which she took, and it kept her in the business. Uh, just the fact that someone allegedly made her basically want to leave the profession that she, I would assume, loves and went to school for and did a good job at because she didn't want to have to deal with his harassment, didn't want to have to deal with covering games in the same area as him or yep. going to going to the different meetings and coach the clinic or the um, 
conferences, whatever they are. That's, uh, that's too bad, and it makes you feel really, really bad for her, obviously. Um, you see why she came out. She doesn't want that to happen. To, there's people saying, like, you know, he's not with Learfield anymore. She's not with, Montana, uh, with U of M anymore. Like, what's the point of coming out with all this? It's like, so it doesn't happen again. Yeah. So that a person won't just come in and be like, oh, I'll never get caught. This is uh, – it, it's, it's a nothing thing. It's a throwaway text. Like, that's why she came out and, and did this. Well, and also, like, if this is – you know – she had to move across the country and I mean, literally across the country, there's few States that are further away than Louisiana because of what happened. And had this story not come out, he just would have been able to leave with everybody thinking like, Oh, poor Jay Sanderson. He has to go uh, back 100%. to yep. wherever You're he's right. from. So it's like, you know, Wichita, Kansas, yep. Wichita, Kansas. So it's, you know, fuck him. Like he doesn't get to leave here with his, head held high like as this hero like oh poor jay just i don't know just stop just stop sexual harassing people yeah and you know i mean he has to go back to kansas that's that's one thing that sucks for him already and he you know like i said i have no idea about his family situation but i mean a person you can make an assumption that had this not come out there may have not been the urgency to get out of dodge as quick as possible and get back to kansas Right. Well, and I mean, it sucks for his family too, right? Like, I think he has kids. He has his wife. Like, this is awful for them. It's probably awful for him, but like, it's awful for everybody. But who cares? Like, I don't care that it's bad for Jay Sanderson, but for his little kids, and yeah, it's just, it's just awful. So, it it sucks. We really liked Amy reporting for the Grizz. We thought she did an awesome job. She's on the podcast a couple times. Um, Always gave good good content. We probably relied on her reporting and stories uh, too heavily um, in our podcasts and newsletters um, just because she did such a good job. So uh, sad to see her leave. Hope she's doing well in Louisiana. And yeah, hopefully, I think, I think you're right. This story is going to get bigger uh, before it gets smaller because um, I think we still have a final report to be issued. Yeah, and it's, I think it's the Title IX office uh, does the investigation. Yeah. It's not a state employer or anything like that. So it's just another one of those, you know, things about college athletics and how much they're doing to try and avoid this kind of stuff. And when these things come out, um, it's going to be, it's going to be big news for the foreseeable future when anything like this kind of comes out, especially in the college landscape where there's so much stuff being done to try and prevent this. Um, and when you have a person who I'm not necessarily saying he would ever be a role model, for a player, like it's not like all these players are like, man, I want to be just like Jay Sanderson. But <laughs> right. when, when your coach is bringing, um, you know, sexual assault survivors to uh, fall camp, spring camp, and you know, having her tell her story to try and just not have any of that around them, you know, yeah. And then you have a guy who's interviewing you, who's around the team, who's a quote unquote adult doing that. It's pretty sad. It is pretty sad. Um, we have gone from sad story about Gregorak, happy story about Alex Singleton, sad story about uh, what happened uh, with Amy Just, and let's get to a very quick happy story. And that story, Nate, something that brings a smile to your face, to my face, is thinking about the Hotel Finland. It's and true. The historic uptown. I just smiled. I just smiled. You're smiling. I can I tell. Yeah. In smile, America, you can tell a smile through the phone. Yeah. Look, it is, it's January 8th. We are approaching 
about nine weeks away from St. Patrick's Day. If you're going to St. Patrick's Day in Butte, you would be crazy to stay anywhere but the Finland. Or if like you have a friend who has a house downtown, fine. But yes, if you're getting a, like, if you're getting a hotel. Like, in this economy? <laughs> if you're getting a hotel, finland.com. The best hotel in Butte. And speaking about affordability, the Finland Hotel, right downtown, historic place, great rooms. It is the same price or cheaper than the chain hotels you'll find along the interstate. And you don't have to take an Uber or a Lyft or a taxi to get back out to your hotel room after you have a few beers at the Cavalier Lounge. You're going to be able to stay right there at the Finland. Uh, you can go book your room today. It's the Finland.com, F-I-N-L-E-N.com. Like I said, the Cavalier Lounge is right there at the Hotel Finland. They have awesome musical acts. They have great beer. They have the Smooth Operator, a contraption that you know all about. We've told you about it all mm-hmm. season long. But just in case you're new to the show, or you forgot um, over the New Year's. It infuses your beer with fresh fruit and ingredients and chills it to the perfect temperature. Uh, most bars have good beer. We like all types of beer. We'll drink any beer you put in front of us, but the yep. Cavalier Lounge is literally the only bar in the country that has a smooth operator, which just kicks it up one more notch. If I mean, We talk about the Cavalier Lounge every week on this podcast. If you want to get a good sense of how cool this bar is, just going on their Instagram page, they threw an absolutely incredible New Year's Eve party. It was celebrating the 95th year of the hotel being open. Um, they had a huge balloon drop. It was, just go check out the pictures from it. It is so cool. There's very few places in Montana, few bars in Montana can pull off what the Cavalier Lounge did on New Year's. Um, we support them because they support us. We can only keep the lights on here at the Mint because of cool companies uh, like Hotel Finland. Um, so give them a shout. If you Definitely. are listening to this podcast, you like Montana, you want to support Montana businesses, just book your room at finlen.com, finland.com. Yes. So we go from Hotel Finland, a great story, to one that we're, I mean, we, we don't really have any skin in the game with, but North Dakota State, Eastern Washington just got done on Saturday, ending the FCS college football season. The prequel, the opening act to the the championship game last night uh, down in Frisco, Texas. Um, And the Bison are pretty freaking good. Pretty good. Um, I watched most of this game, and it was just stunning how much better they were than Eastern Washington. I've seen them play a few times this year, but you would just think with three weeks to prepare, or two and a half weeks, whatever it was... um, Eastern had this great offense that they would be able to compete more than they did. And it just, I mean, the score, it, it was just, it was a disaster. And the, the, the funny part, it was really, and like we kind of mentioned it earlier, was Eastern Washington played that team probably the second best that anybody else this season did uh, yeah. on North no, Dakota absolutely. State's schedule. South Dakota State kept it really close and should have beat them probably. Uh, Eastern Washington... You know, they had some fight in them. North Dakota State show, like faced no adversity in this whole playoffs besides maybe the first quarter and a half against South Dakota State Yep. Um, in the semifinals. And uh, is it fun anymore if you're a Bison fan? Like, oh, I honestly wonder that. I think so. Um, I mean, it... it, it pro- I have a lot of friends that are New England Patriot fans or just Boston sport fans in general... And I think it's probably similar to that. Like, yeah. it's fun to root for winners. It's fun when your teams are dominant. But uh, 
it can't last forever. What they have in North Dakota State can't last forever. And I think most fans appreciate that, like how unique yeah. this whole situation is. But Maybe it's um, just me that's getting sick of it. I'm definitely getting sick of it. Uh, the, the good news is everybody thinks these dominant teams will be awesome forever and that they will be unbeatable because they've always beat everybody that they're supposed to beat. And, you know, I think that what happened in last night's FBS national championship game with Alabama just getting dismantled shows that these teams can, can fall apart. North yeah. Dakota State, this is not – it seems like it's inevitable and it will keep going forever, but that is, that is not the case. People sure. will catch Every up to them and they will have to take true. a step back. They'll have to take a step back at some point. And you, you know, they did maybe, what was it, three or four years ago, I think when James Madison beat them? Yeah. Maybe? Yep. I don't know. It just seems like they win every year. But um, they right, seven someday, out of eight. Yeah, and someday they're going to not be the power that they are, and I don't know what's going to cause that. Maybe they move up and that that's what does it. <laughs> it <laughs> might be what ends it, honestly, <laughs> is that they go up to the FBS level and they actually compete there, which which is definitely a, a possibility. But – Man, they're good, and that loss that Montana State had to them in the first, in the second round of the playoffs, uh, it doesn't look really so bad at all by comparison with what they did to every other team that they played. It still sucks seeing Montana State lose like that, but holy shit, those guys are another level. Yeah, and you know, to Eastern's credit, the score in this game was not awful. They lost by fourteen points, thirty-eight to twenty-four. But if you watch the game, it just it never really felt like. Eastern had a chance. Um, no. There was, I think the highlight of the game for everybody um, was, did you see that fake field goal that Eastern that Washington That was ridiculous. Ran? That was amazing. It's awesome. Per, the timing, the the calmness for which he flipped the ball to the uh, the the, re, the release over to the right side, it was, it was flawless. Flawless. And, it, you know, I don't know if anyone can ever do that again um, now that they've done it, but it was just... It was really it was pretty really cool. cool. It was a lot better than the fake field goal that Alabama ran, <laughs> yeah. which may be one of the worst of all time. The worst of all time, absolutely. Um, you know, Easter. It, it was just kind of a. I, I don't even know what, like the turnover differential was not that great, right? Like North Dakota State had two interceptions, Eastern Washington two interceptions and a fumble, but it, there was just something about that North Dakota State team. And when they're just kicking the shit out of somebody, um, which is what I've seen them do most of the year, you can't really like put your finger on what makes them so good. Um, but when you see them doing that against Eastern Washington, it's just like, oh, wow, they are just bigger and faster and deeper than every other coached. team at the FCS. I mean, it's just yeah. ridiculous. It really is ridiculous. Um, yeah, and Eastern, to their credit, made it this far, made it to the championship game with uh, Gage Gubrud, on the sideline. Yeah, retired, um, basically. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they had a devastating injury partway through the season, and uh, they rallied and had a hell of a run. And, you know, I think the Big Sky Conference should be proud of what they did. I think it's cool to see us represented. It certainly kept my interest uh, in the game much higher, but it is uh, – we may be waiting a while. North Dakota State will eventually – come back to, down to earth, but we, we just may be <laughs> waiting a while for that to happen. Yeah, and so while we're on the subject of uh, the FCS, the, the final polls did come out uh, yesterday, uh, the stats FCS poll. Eastern Washington, uh, obviously, 
uh, took home the number two spot in the poll. Uh, Weber State, six. UC Davis, seven. Uh, so they rounded out the top 10 for Big Sky Schools. Montana State did finish uh, the, in the final poll at number 17. Okay. So they, they jumped from 23 in the last the last regular season poll up to 17 there. So that's pretty cool for Montana State. Um, receiving votes, uh, Idaho State was basically like 20 or 31st. Uh, and then Montana actually received two votes to be about 36 maybe. Okay. So... Um, so a pretty strong showing for the big sky in the polls. Uh, I still like to point out that Montana State played like, what is it, three, four of the top seven teams in the country this year uh, for four of their um, what, five losses. Yeah. <laughs> pretty crazy. So Pretty but, crazy. Uh, pretty crazy, but uh, good job out of the big sky schools this year. And uh, I already can't wait for next season. So just to be clear, though, the Bobcats made the second round of the playoffs. So they were one of 16 of the last teams in the playoffs, but they, they, they finished 17 overall? Uh, it appears so. Hmm. So one of those teams, Princeton, I don't think can make the playoffs. Oh, that's right. Yep. And Princeton okay. went 10-0. and 0. Okay, so... But interestingly enough, or I guess, yeah, University of Incarnate Word actually finished 27th, which doesn't quite make any sense, but whatever. Yeah. Um, well, they probably should not have been a playoff team. <laughs> they definitely should not have been a playoff team, no. <laughs> um, but I, I saw something else on Twitter that Montana will open the season next year. Or not open the season, but will play um, a shit ton of ranked teams or preseason ranked teams. Uh, it's going to be a tough schedule for Montana next year. Uh, Good. And, yeah, I, it makes it more fun. But, yeah, it's it, it was... Uh, I just can't believe Montana State. I never thought that Montana State would finish number seventeen after a couple of that Idaho State loss this year. Yeah, no, I mean it's uh, having a tough schedule, right? It, you can it can either end your season pretty early um, with with some tough losses, or um, it it gets you Builds ready team, for yeah. a playoff. Yeah. So I, I I would rather them play a super tough schedule than a you know two cupcakes in that non conference uh, segment of the year. Definitely. So that's one poll, and I heard you had another poll that you wanted to talk about. Okay, so we had this discussion, yes, we and did. I am still 100% convinced I'm right, but the majority of Montanans disagree with me. So maybe a month or so, right before or after Cat Grizz, you and I discussed, would you rather your favorite team win Cat Grizz? So for, in, your, in this case, State, yeah. win Montana State. When Kecker is, or you being a Seahawks fan, have the Seahawks win the Super Bowl. Yes. Those are your two options. Those are my two options, and I you chose Montana confidently. State. Totally. That I would rather have Montana State win Cat Grizz in that season than the Seahawks win the Super Bowl. Yes. And I thought that was outrageous. You did. Am, you did. And I still do. I'm a huge Denver Broncos fan, but I probably follow the Broncos and the Grizz at about the same level. I watch their games with the same anxiousness in my body. I feel like I like them about as much equally as you can. I would, like, it would, I would not hesitate to have the Grizz lose against the Cats in order to get another Broncos Super Bowl. It's, it's beating, you're one out of the, you're the top out of 32 teams when you win the Super Bowl. Cat Grizz plays every year you're guaranteed a spot in the game and it's just like a coin flip most years see 
I just it comes down to the fact that I I have like skin in the game with the sea or with the the cats like I went there, um, it's Montana, it's like you just don't have people being Montana State fans around the country. Whereas, you know, Seahawks, you, I it's hard to explain. Like, I just don't have the same level of love for the Seahawks that I do Montana State. I like the Seahawks. I love watching them play. When they won that Super Bowl, I had an absolute blast afterwards. I bought all the gear. Drank a shit ton of beers. It was awesome. When they lost that Super Bowl to the Patriots, it was horrible. Like, that night sucked. That next day sucked. But um, I just get more joy out of seeing Montana State do something. It's something a little more unique, I think, is probably what I, I like about it. Um, that you're, you're sharing it with the people across the state, but not people, you know, all around the country. And uh, that, that was where I came from. Okay. Well, I mean, just... Doing quick math. How old? You're 34? 33, thank you. 33? Okay, so you'll probably, let's say, live to be 83 years old. Let's hope so. Okay, so 50 more years. You're roughly probably going to get about 25. I've been working out a lot, though, here in the new year. Okay, so let's say you live to 84. Okay. 84. (laughs) Um, If you live for another 50 years, you will probably get around 25 Bobcat wins, right? We think these programs kind of go up and down. Yeah. Plus or minus five in either direction. You're going to get a lot of Bobcat wins. You might only get one more, maybe two Seahawks Super Bowl wins before you die. Yes. And I'm okay with that. Okay. So you you concede. We're in agreement that. I'm in agreement that I'm going to see way more more cash special. A Super Bowl is, yeah, there's. It's more unique. Yes, it's way more unique because, yeah, you're not playing in it every year. Like, Cat Grizz, you're literally going to be playing in the game every single year. Mm-hmm. But I think there's more pride and there's more disappointment, depending on the outcome of Cat Grizz, than there is just the, oh, cool, my team won the Super Bowl if the Seahawks do it. Like, there's pride and I think a little more hurt that comes okay. along with the Cat Grizz game. That, that's a fair point. There's definitely more hurt. Like, if... If the when the Broncos lost to the Seahawks, like I have some friends that are Seahawks fans, but it's not like we talked about it a ton. Um, but I have not heard the end of the Bobcats beating the Grizz this year or for the past yeah. three years. So I take that point. Do you, in terms of the teams that you love, do you love the Seahawks and Bobcats equally? No, not even close. Okay. I mean, maybe I like... that, maybe that's the difference. Yeah, and that might be the difference too. Is that I, I I like the NFL and everything, but I don't. I'm not one of those NFL guys that wants to go to a bar every Sunday and watch the games or have a Sunday Same. fun day to do it. I like watching the Seahawks. If they lose the game, I have a friend who's such a diehard Seahawks fan that you know when they lost uh, the game to the 49ers a couple of weeks before the end of the season. He was so pissed off. He was so disappointed they didn't clinch the playoffs that week. And I was like, dude, I. I just don't have that investment. Whereas if the sea or if the cats would have lost to the Grizz, and I thought they were obviously on that last play, I would have cared as much as he cared about the Seahawks losing that game. That one would have hurt me, and I don't know where he got it from. Like obviously, I mean, he didn't go to school at Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> you, yeah. about that. you know what I mean? Like he doesn't have that personal investment in it, where you know he spent the money to go there, but. That, I mean, that's just me. But I, I see both sides of it. The uniqueness think, of the Super Bowl is something. Do you think that your answer would change had the Seahawks not won their Super Bowl against Denver? And so you had never had a Seahawks Super Bowl win? 
No, I don't think it would have. Okay. Because at that about point, I don't, that was my first real like liking a pro sports team since childhood championship. Yeah. Yeah, when the Broncos won, I mean, they obviously had a couple in the 90s. Um, I was in middle school for those, so it was very exciting. But then there was this long drought with all my pro sport teams um, until they beat the Panthers a few years back. And since that Broncos Super Bowl, I have not really cared that they're not good. Yeah. It is just like a secondary consideration to me. Yep. No, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, so, but I, I thought that poll was interesting where they, where they, where people, 71, would be, I thought it would be 71% around. of Montanans would rather their team win Cat Grizz yep. than the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting, but I am justified and vindicated. Um, okay. I think the last <laughs> thing we have to talk about is the start of the conference play for Big Sky Conference basketball. Have you been following? I know that Montana State is 3-1 and one in conference because um, our friend Minty Coach texted me that. <laughs> I also know that Montana State started 4-0 last year in conference. Mm-hmm. So I believe that those four games last year when I was really following it got my hopes up a little bit, especially with Tyler Hall. And this year I am definitely not getting fully invested in this three and one start and I will not start watching it until I see at least a around six and three ratio on their win loss record. I think I think that's fair. Right now in the Big Sky Conference, um there are three teams that are three and one Montana State, Weber State, and the Montana Grizzlies, and then Northern Colorado is four and oh. The reason that I know this and the reason that all of you should know this is that the Montana Mint has brought on an excellent basketball writer, Brian Big Marceau. Big Sky basketball writer. Yep. Big Sky basketball writer. <laughs> um, Brian Marceau, he is covering the whole Big Sky Conference for us. Um, if you subscribe to our newsletter, you got a, a big conference preview sent to you two weeks ago. Um, you will have a, uh, another one coming to you this Thursday that kind of recaps where things are. But here's, I've thought this for a long time with Big Sky Conference basketball because it is, it's hard to follow, right? Like the games are not all televised. It is uh, just the way our media landscape in Montana is made up. And it's how hard shitty to get the conference is. Good writers, you know, covering it. And then, yeah, the, the conference is usually not that exciting. But I think that the big issue is that it's just not being covered. Like, you need to have good sports coverage for a sport to be exciting, in my opinion. There, there hasn't been like great basketball Twitter um, for the Grizz. There hasn't been, or, or Big Sky Conference basketball. It's just there's kind of been this void. What Brian's doing for us, these articles he's putting out, super in depth, super relatable. Um, you know, it's a, it's an easy read with some historical context for for these teams. So definitely check it out, um, and you can check him out on Twitter at. Brian Marceau. His last name is spelled M-A-R-C-E-A-U. He's actually an Idaho guy. He, he writes for our boys at uh, uh, Tubbs at the club. Um, but Idaho's in the Big Sky Conference, folks. And he's covering basketball for us, covering Idaho, covering the Cats and the Grizz. Um, but where things stand, more importantly. So the Grizz are looking super solid. The Bobcats. Super solid. Super solid. 
Um, three and one in conference, six and eight overall. Yeah, and yeah. they yeah, it's uh, <laughs> that's as, that's honestly as much as I know about Bobcats. Basketball <laughs> Um, oh, and then we did beat we did beat Washington State ninety five to ninety. So we beat a Pac twelve school this year. Yeah, and they have. Uh, we'll get Brian on the pod next week or the week after um, to go into this more thoroughly. But uh, there's some exciting players on both teams. Obviously Tyler Hall, uh, but also Harold Frey, um, junior yeah. guard from Montana State, He's averaging good. averaging over twenty points a game. That's not bad. Not nothing. So the Cats coming up. On Thursday, have they play Idaho. at Idaho, um, Northern Colorado at home, and then Eastern Washington next Saturday? I guess they play at Eastern, and the Grizz coming up. Go, they have Eastern, Northern Colorado, and then Idaho. So they're playing the same three teams over the next few days. Yeah, so they just uh, flop the whole season. At the end of that, we will know. Um, yeah. And I'll know if uh, there's any point in watching the conference tournament. Yeah, I'm sure. Which I think just got though. moved to Spokane this year. Uh, I think it's in Boise. Boise, okay. Spokane was where they had the coaches and players go to for the Big Sky kickoff. Okay. Yeah. So despite, I mean, look, Nate and I are definitely college football guys, Big Sky conference football guys. Um, but I have been watching a lot of the Grizz and some of the Cats on Pluto. Um, all those games are on there. It is about the same quality as it is for football, but it's cool that we have access to them, and now I think that we have kind of the coverage to to match it. So definitely, I'll watch. Okay, I will make a guarantee that I will watch the Idaho game on Thursday. Okay, good. And I will report like back to you on my findings. I like it. Um, and if I'll and, know any more than two players on the team after that. Yeah. Um, I think that might be it. We have no Osweiler yeah. watch. No, um, no. But we will be keeping an eye on where our boy Brock ends up. Definitely. Um, assuming that he will no longer be a Miami Dolphin. Um, anything else that we need to cover? I don't think so. I think that's it. We did our nice little surprise podcast, a little uh, New Year gift to our listeners. So. Yeah. And let's, uh, let's plan to do this again. Let's Probably not next week, but sometime soon. Much. Yeah. Yeah. It's we way like too much Big Sky basketball. Yes, um, but we will definitely subscribe to the newsletter and start following Big Sky Basketball. It's a new hot thing in the street. It's the hottest. All right, that's everything I had. Me too, Me too, buddy. All right, we will see you guys in like a week or two or three. Yeah, okay. See ya. Bye.